Let me pray for us. We'll get going. God, thanks for this time this morning. Thanks for a chance to meet again and consider how to be stranger things in this world, to live upside down in an upside down world. Thank you that you've allowed us to know you and to know um, your heart, um, to know how to live. Um, help us this morning to understand how to be poor in spirit, how to mourn our sin, how to be meek. And thank you that Christ is our example and more than that is our hope. Um, I pray for all the breakouts this morning, that they would all go well, that all be encouraging, that all be convicting and comforting. Um, pray it wouldn't rain today, and if it does, we would still enjoy and rejoice always. And pray without, without ceasing no matter what. Thanks again. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Alright, again, my name is Pastor Brian. Uh, I'm from Augusta, Georgia. I'm from, from, from Waco, Texas. And I'm a proud Texan. Through and through. Like, godly proud. Not like sinfully proud. Maybe it's probably sinfully proud, I'm not going to lie. Um, okay, real quick review. What are a couple of things that God's kingdom is, is, is about? What, what's God trying to establish, bring in with, 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 with the onset of His kingdom? What's the two things we talked about yesterday? Those are our struggles. We'll get to those. Unless it's already awkward. Two things God's kingdom is trying to, to, to bring in, to accomplish, are His... Say glory. 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 Great answer. Glory. Yeah, and glory to glorify means to magnify. magnify. Man, here's the ball, and you were on top of it. Good job. <laughs> glorify. He wants to glorify himself, to magnify himself, to shed light, to bring in, to, to, to make it bigger and more visible that he is loving and kind and good and forgiving and merciful and powerful and just and really cool. Um, all right? Eternal. What else is God trying to establish, to bring in, to usher in, to accomplish with the onset, the unveiling of His kingdom? Relationship, relationship yes. Right, Jesus models us by healing people, but to, to bring us into relationship with Him. All right? Help us to know Him and be, to be secure in that relationship through His work, through Christ. Okay? Contrary to that, what is Satan's kingdom, in quotes, or influence, what's he trying to accomplish? Isolate us. Isolate us, yeah. Make you alone. Isolate you from God, even from other people, or from good people, from Jesus. What else? Distractions. Distraction, yeah. Be consumed with yourself or mud when you could have something else. So, And His own glory, right? He wants you to, to, to enjoy Him and think He's powerful and good, and God is not. So that's a quick review. Great job. So that's what's going on. Jesus has come and He's told people... Um, God's kingdom is at hand. Believe, repent and believe. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. If you ask Jesus what's the gospel, Jesus would say that God's kingdom has come. And because His kingdom has come, you can know Jesus and have your sin taken away be given Christ's right standing with God. All right? God's kingdom's coming has allowed that to happen. It has allowed you now to grow, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to become more like Jesus. Okay? Um, there were two things that we talked about that high schoolers and 43-year-olds and probably 83-year-olds struggle with is awkwardness. It's awkward to be a Christian in a fallen world. It's awkward to say that homosexuality is a sin when everyone else says it's not. Um, it's awkward to make hard decisions for Christ when everyone else is not. All right? It's awkward. Also, it requires sacrifice. To follow Christ, to pursue, to become like Jesus, as Russ said last night, um, 
it's going to require sacrifice. You're going to have to give up things that the world calls good, give up things that maybe even you want to do and have and accomplish, but you're going to have to do it. But knowing God is worth it. Knowing God, being like Christ, enjoying God's kingdom is far more satisfying than whatever those other things out there might be. Brave brought, speaking broadly. Okay, to jump in for today, question for you. Since we're a smaller group, I want to do a little more Q&A. Um, I have no desire to be a preacher, but I'm a pastor. I like to talk and just, how's it going? So I like conversation. Which qualities do you most find yourself most envying, wanting for yourself, and others? And why? Probably in like, uh, like people who can have a good day even when they have a bad day. It's not a good thing. So like eternal optimists or like, yeah, yeah, optimist. or like blissfully ignorant people? I, I say optimists. Optimists, okay. Optimists is really Alright, why? Because it's so hard. It's so easy for me to dwell on my bad days. I okay. feel like they're always just so lovely and happy, or like at least come off that way. They mm-hmm. don't let people have a bad day just because they're having one. Okay. Alright, thanks. Good start. What else? What are some of the things you find yourself envying? And other people besides like being like Jesus like what some of the negative things you find yourself um, maybe envying if that's too personal you can say what do you what is what does the, the fallen world say is good character wise quality wise you're good Perfect skin. Perfect skin. Yeah. You're describing me, or you? No, I'm <laughs> you say no. <laughs> perfect skin. Yes. Yes. I said, don't judge my writing in the first class. Okay, I can't spell or write. Okay. I'm, I'm insecure about my writing. Oh. Well, perfect shins too. That would be nice to have. <laughs> okay. I'm not writing it down anymore because I feel judged. Um, relationship with God. Relationship with God. What do you mean by that? Like how you can feel like theirs is better than yours or their culture. Mm-hmm. And you're telling yourself the whole time here that everyone else's relationship is better with God than yours, probably. To some degree. Yeah. No one struggles like I do. It's probably one of the ways we process that. Give me one more. Fellas, what's something that, that you envy? I've heard the girls say something. What about you guys? Besides shins. Very people. Yeah. Extroverts. Yep, stinking extroverts. Who needs them? <laughs> yeah, outgoing. Yeah. I find it a struggle that girls have to be pretty and guys have to be funny. And like those are the two, like those always rise to the surface that, that we put on ourselves. Um, we always have to be outgoing. Um, but yeah, I think, I think another thing that, that the world envies is power. 
power. Um, always being right. Um, never admitting you're wrong. Um, but what are the world's... Let's turn it around. What is God's kingdom value? What are some of the character qualities that God's kingdom says is good? Truth. God is true. He has told us what is true. Selflessness. Yep. Sacrificial selfishness. Selflessness. Patience. Patience, yeah. All the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. So we're going to look at some more of those today. Some of the things that God says, these are what, this, this is what is good. This is what a quality of a disciple, a follower of Jesus looks like. is to be like, this is what's valuable. All right, this is the currency of the kingdom, if you will. All right, the currency of God's kingdom are the things we're going to start looking at today. Okay, the first one is to be poor in spirit. Matthew 5, verse 2, I believe. I don't have a lot of verses for you because I want to focus on the, the Sermon on the Mount. 5 verse 2. Quick backdrop. Matthew is a, it's a great gospel to follow. It's, it's laid out, it's organized in, in a very easily understandable way. And so far in Matthew, he has presented Jesus. Here's who he is from the Old Testament. Alright? Okay, then he's, Jesus has been tested by Satan and passed that, that test. Okay? And now Jesus is going to start teaching. So he's qualified himself um, in terms of his past, he's qualified himself, Jesus has, in terms of defeating Satan in the desert. And now he's able to teach. He's proven himself. And so Matthew organizes all the things he's heard Jesus say throughout walking with Jesus. He's going to organize that now and say, this is the things that Jesus taught. The first thing that Jesus taught consistently, that the first value of the kingdom is those who are poor in spirit. All right, Those who are poor in spirit. That's verse 3, sorry. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We're going to do um, the first three. Poor in spirit, those who mourn, and those who are meek. I'll spend the most time on poor in spirit. Okay. Jesus says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Meaning, to be poor in spirit is to admit that you can't save yourself. To be poor in spirit is to say that I, Brian, I cannot save myself. I do not have the goods, the means, the ability, um, the wherewithal to save myself. I have to admit that I cannot play basketball. Like, I'm really good at basketball from here, like here to here. These two inches, I can think about basketball, I can, I can understand plays and football, same thing, but from here down, I have no ability to play basketball. I can't. If I could run and jump and shoot, I'd be really good at basketball. <laughs> Minus those things, I struggle. So, um, I can't play. I can't win. So I, I do old man moves and coach and all that stuff. Spiritually, I can't. I can't save myself. I can't be perfect. I can't obey the law. I can't love my wife, my kids, my youth group perfectly. I constantly have to pray for wisdom. God help me to be wise, and God help the foolish things I say to be forgotten. All right. In the same way with God. God, I cannot make myself right with you. 
I cannot make myself lovable. I cannot make myself beautiful. I cannot give myself perfect shins. Alright? I can't make myself an optimist. I'm pretty much a pessimist by nature. Um, poor in spirit. Okay? It doesn't mean to wallow. It doesn't mean I am the worst person in the history of the world. Alright? Poor in spirit is not wallowing. It's not beating yourself up. Right? What's the definition of humility? What's the little pithy phrase? Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. All right? it's, it's humility. It's, it's I can't do it. I can't save myself. It's not I'm so bad. All right? there's a, that's the difference. All right? There's a big difference there. If you're wallowing, if you're, if you're speaking to God and to yourself about how bad you are in terms of I'm too dumb, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not this enough, that, that's vanity. All right? But poor in spirit is, is God, I, I want to know you, but I can't. I, can't. I cannot do the things I want to do. It's Paul in Romans 7. All right? it's, it's I can't save myself. All right? And it's joined with, but God, you have saved me. God, you have provided a beautiful, wonderful, perfect Savior who will always make me right with you. God, even though I, I lack the ability in some areas, you provide all that I need. All right? You are watching over me. You are protecting me. You are guiding me. You are preparing the way for me. Um, so it's, it's a faithful, poor in spirit. That's the first value of the kingdom. Why do you think... Jesus begins with poor in spirit. Why does, he say, why does Jesus say this is the first value of the kingdom of God? Why do you think he starts there? It's like before you do anything else, you have to realize that like, Jesus has to be your guide. Yeah. Nail on the head. That's, yeah. Before you can do anything, before you can go anywhere in the, in the Christian life, um, anywhere in the kingdom of God, you've got to say that I only have entrance into the kingdom and understanding of the kingdom because of Jesus. Only because of Jesus do I have any ability to exist in the kingdom of God. Alright? What does Jesus say is the, the, the blessing or the benefit of those who are poor in spirit? Theirs is the what? Kingdom of heaven. What in the world does that mean? What is, what is heaven? The place where God resides. God's home. Yep. God dwells in the heavens. So... Keep going then. If that's where God dwells, what does that mean? Connect these dots. We can spend eternity. Yeah, we get to be with God. To be in that relationship with God for eternity. What else is true of heaven? What has what Scripture told us that heaven is going to be like? And even new creation. No sin. So the consequences of sin are taken away. Right? The punishment, the power, the persuasion of sin is taken away in heaven. God, there's God, there's God's people, and there's God's place. 
It's all good. God, God's people, God's place. We call that church now. Um, God's ways. So we... How do we partake of this right now? If Jesus says this is, this is what's true for you, if you're poor in spirit, okay, how? Tell me, this is great, this is good theology, but tell me how, let's make it practical. How, does, how do you partake, how do you have a foretaste of heaven now? Got fellowship with other believers. It's not perfect, all right, because there's some runs there. But you get to be with other people. You get to be with other Christians who are struggling and and encouraging you, kicking you in the butt if needed. What else? Reading scripture. Got the Bible. Got God's very word. The very word of God. Now, and you got the Holy Spirit helping you understand it, teaching it to your heart and your mind. Working it out in you and from you. What about sin? We still have sin, but we have hope. God is making all things new. God's working out. He's watching over, protecting us. Um, But sin doesn't win. Sin doesn't win. It hurts. It's painful. It's real. But it doesn't win. Alright? It's a little foretaste of what heaven will be like. Um, okay? Let's contrast this. What does the world say about how... What, what's the opposite of this, you think? What's the opposite of being poor in spirit? What would, what would the, the fallen world... What would the lies of Satan say about the opposite of poor in spirit? Blessed are the what? Prideful? Another, another word? What do you think? I like lots of words. Strong. Strong. Um, yeah. Might use that more than once, but what else? Okay. Selfish. Selfish. Arrogant. Okay, if that's what the world says, why why does it say to be these ways? Why does the world say blessed are these in the world? Why? What's what's the benefit? The kingdom of heaven is the benefit here. What's the benefit of this? Huh? Like what? Your Bible, you probably have what you want on earth. Like people will see that as being good. Well, stuff. You'll have respect. You'll have recognition. Mm-hmm. You'll have likes. You'll have friends. Fake friends. You'll have security. The stronger you are, the more secure you are. That's the lie of the world. So here, here's your choice. In the middle is you. If you're in Christ, you're filled with the Spirit. Christ has died and cleansed you from your sin. And here's you having to make an awkward and sacrificial choice. Which path 
Are you going to walk now? You're going to walk. You're going to avoid awkward and sacrifices by following the ways of the world, the prideful ways of the world, trying to present yourself as strong, even though I know and you know you're not strong. All for the all for respect from people who are going to die, who are sinful. Um, all for fake faux security. All for fleeting fleeting recognition. You ask Nick Saban what he remembers most, it's not the wins, it's the losses. He's lost like five games in 25,000 years of playing coaching football. Right? It's the losses, because this is, this is fleeting. All right? But this, and it, great words, who do we get respect from in this, this kingdom? Who do we have acknowledgement from, recognition from? God. God, the God of the universe, recognizes you, calls you my son and my daughter. That's not awkward. That's not awkward to be called a son and a daughter by God. That's not awkward, I don't think, for God to say, I love you, I protect you, I'm watching over you, I know your struggles, I know your hurts, I hear your prayers, I'm working on your behalf. It is awkward to die and go before God and God to say, I do not know you. You do not choose me. I made myself known to you. It was evident in all the world that I am real. And you were you poor in spirit and you chose not to be poor in spirit. Alright? Poor in spirit. Can y'all think of someone in Scripture? Possibly a parable about someone who's poor in spirit? Holy Spirit, help them out. What's the parable? Someone who was poor in spirit. How so? Not a parable, but still good. That's right. Job was poor in spirit. How was how did Job model poor in, poor in spirit for us? He had everything going wrong for him, but, uh, and he still realized that it, it was not, um, there's not anything that he can do to bring himself out of that, and that he could not save himself. Yeah. I was thinking of the prodigal son. That was great. I didn't think about that one. Prodigal son. Prodigal son is hanging out with pigs. And says, okay, uh, this is not working out. Whatever I've tried to do for my life is not working out too well. And so I imagine he's like, pig, get out of the way. I'm getting out of here. All right? And so he picks himself up and he starts heading home. All right? And there's a song by the Mumford and Sons that I love. And it says, it's not the long walk home that, that comforted the, the son's heart. It was, it was the embrace of the father. It was the father running towards him, unashamed, awkwardly running to the son. All right? It's a prodigal saying, I am poor in spirit. I've tried to live my life my own way and it's not working out. And he heads home and God, his father welcomes him and receives him and says, here, take it all. Alright? It's a great picture of what it is to be poor in spirit. Alright, poor in spirit. That's the first value of the kingdom that we see. Blessed are those who acknowledge they need Jesus because they can't save themselves. Okay? It's not awkward to admit you have need. It's not awkward. Because God responds to it. It's not awkward before God. It's awkward in this world to say I have need, but it's not awkward in the kingdom of heaven. Okay?
Number two. What's the second one? What's that? Blessed are those who mourn. For they shall receive what? Comfort. Comfort. Comfort was this little town in Texas that, I I don't know, it's country, so I say comfort, like in the country. Um, Mourn. What does it mean to mourn? To mourn, very similar, but somewhat different than being poor in spirit, is to mourn over your sin. To mourn over your sin. It's, it's to be full of confession and weeping in a sense and a posture of, I am sinful. I am stinking sinful. And I'm sin into sin. Someone give me a definition of sin. Put it in your own words. Put it in 2019 terminology. What does it mean to sin? Come on, come on, people. Wanting. wanting to go against God. Anything else? To disobey. Giving into the ways of the world. Is that what we said? Yeah. yeah. Essentially. Yeah. To sin is to follow somebody else and to go against God. Okay? Sin, and sin is always against God. Sin is always personal. Because it's against a person. It's against God. We think of sin as being this thing that we do. That's it's it's this bad dark cloud over here, like the algae in the water yesterday. All right? No, no. Sin is personal. It is it is always personal. It is always against God. No matter what you do, it is always against God. And because we know that to be true, it's, that's why we mourn. When you make when you hurt somebody, do you mourn? Hopefully, you do. Because you've hurt when I hurt my wife or my kids or someone in the youth group, or I I do something that's just it's sinful. I'm, I'm sad. Probably it's because I'm a people pleaser. But I'm also sad. I'm sad that, that I, my sin has affected them. And in the same way, our, we should be sad. We should be distra- near distraught to a to degree over our sin because it is against God. It is against God. So for you, the question to consider is, does sin make you sad? Does sin make you sad because it's against God? Or do you see sin as just this thing out there that you sometimes do? That's how we confess it. It's personal. God, I am sorry that I have done these things against what you have told me not to do. Please forgive me. Please restore that relationship. And how does God respond? For those who are in Christ, for those who look to Christ, He comforts you. He comforts you. He gives you a really good side hug, or maybe just full frontal. I'm not sure. All right, a great comforting hug. All right. How does God comfort us? What are the ways in which God comforts us? Forgives you. And does He like say, "All right, I forgive you. Whatever, just don't do it again." He sang last night. He dances over you. All right. He makes Himself look foolish in His forgiveness of you. What else does He do? Gives you His peace. Peace, yep. He gives you his peace. We're not at war. And whatever you did to me, this is what's so beautiful to me about comforting. So this was, this was personal. Sin is personal. So is comfort. The very one you've offended has come and comforted you. The very one that you have offended and sinned against and shunned and, and lied to and hurt 
has come and comforted you. That's the gospel. That's that's uh, whew, that's almost a tearjerker right there. All right. That's not easy for me to do, and I'm sinful. But God does it for us. God comforts us. He, he sends His Son. He sends His Son to, to let us know who He is and what He's like and what He's done. Um, he sends the Holy Spirit to us to teach us Scripture, to comfort us. How personal, how much more personal can it get than God living inside of you? The Holy Spirit resides inside, resides inside of you. Resides, is inside of you. <laughs> The Holy Spirit resides. That's just so personal. That God would comfort us like that. He gives us a scripture. He gives us church. As, as messed up as your churches can be, as your youth groups can be, it's still the body of Christ. And you're just you're part of that group, by the way. I don't think you're above it. All right, you're part of the wart. Okay, but you're beautiful. God's made you beautiful. He's made you lovely. He's made you. He's included you in His family. He's given you family. He's given you. His word, He's given you songs to sing, He's given you RYM, He's given you amazing breakout speakers. It's amazing. Alright? So that's what God does. He comforts us. He, it's personal. We sin against Him, so we, we confess it, we repent of it, we mourn over it because it's personal. Our sin is always against God. And that's why we, that's why we mourn. Alright? Oh, sorry, hold on. What, what's the contra? What's the opposite? What does the world say we should do over the things we do wrong? Hide. Hide. What else did I hear? In some cases, celebrate. Yeah. Flock. Like, don't apologize ever, or, like, stick to your... We'll call it saving face. Does that sound right? Is that what you're saying? Uh Yeah. Yeah, maintain that pristine pristine image, because people gotta gotta like you. Anything else? But nowhere do we see admit it, right? Nowhere do we see repentant. The The world hates to admit it's wrong. Right? The world hates saying, you know what, I'm wrong. When's the last time you saw a politician say, I'm wrong, and like just left, left it there and didn't turn it for, for votes, for money? Because um, politicians, because they're great, I don't hate politicians, but they're a great picture of what the world values. The world value power. So they're always trying to, to gather it. They're always because They have to have it to win. All right? And God gave us politics for, for we can use it for good, yada yada yada. Okay, but you never see them admitting it and owning it and saying, you know what, I'm I'm just wrong, and I need help. Why, why, why? I kind of told you the answer, but why? Why are these the values of the worldly kingdom, the fallen kingdom? It shows weakness, or they think it shows weakness. Hides weakness. Yeah. What else? Kind of that too. If you hide, 
If you act like you got it all together, if you save face, you will be loved. You'll be loved and you'll have fun. Right? Mostly it's about being loved. Loved and liked. Because if you, if, you, if you admit you're wrong, you won't be loved. I'm trying to teach my kids right now. Tell me what you did wrong so I can help you. All right? With our youth group, tell me what you're struggling with so I can help you. All right? Find someone in your life that, that you mourn with, that you confess your sin with so they can help you. All right? Because God helps you come. He's given you people in your life. Find someone that says, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Will you pray for me? Will you help me take steps towards recovery, towards toward becoming more like Jesus? So here you are again in the middle of you. Little, beautiful, awesome, cool high schoolers with your whole life in front of you. Which kingdom are you going to pursue? You know, how are you going to avoid awkward sacrifices? Are you going to hide, celebrate your sin? Are you going to try and save face? Are you going to turn to the one who has personally loved you? personally gathered you into to his family and holds you forever. Scripture says <laughs> your life's laid open bare. You can't hide from God. He knows what you've done. You know my rising and my coming and my going, my lying down, my thoughts from afar. And God still accepts us. Alright? Alright, what's the, the third one? What's the meek? Meek! Meeker! What does it mean to be meek? It's another word or short definition for meek. Okay, I always thought that you're like quiet and gentle, but my pastor at my church says it's like to assert yourself for someone else, and I thought that was a really cool way to look at it. To assert, say it again? Yeah, yourself for someone For someone else? Okay, great. Can somebody beat that? Yeah, it's, it's to deny yourself for somebody else. Not my will be done, Lord, but your will be done. God, not my good, but my parents' good. You guys ever prayed that? You've gone to your parents and said, Hey, you know what? It's not about what I want. It's about how can I serve you? You, you had me. You feed me. You clothe me. What can I do for you? I didn't do it. <laughs> how about your brother or sisters? In your home. Hey, can I help you make your bed up? <laughs> can, I make you, can, I, can, I, can I make you dinner so mom gets a break? Um, can I help you with your homework? How about, how about in your youth group? Hey, I want you to sit up front. I want you to be the first one in the water. I want you... I want to give you money so you can go to RYM. Um, I'm not going to de- demand that you recognize my status. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to make you demand how great my shins look. Go there again. All right? It's turning your attention on other people. It's not demanding it for yourself. And that's what Jesus did. Right? My favorite passages in the Bible is Philippians 2, 5-11. Though being in the form of God, He did not use it. He used it to benefit and bless other people. He didn't hoard it to Himself. He was meek in that, in that, in that way. So we practice meekness. My notes are terrible. Um, what's, what's the, what's the uh, benefit? What, is, what does Jesus say is the benefit of the payoff, the fruit of meekness? For they or- inherit the earth. It will inherit the earth. What do you think that means? 
in context of meekness, what does that mean, you think? Why does Jesus say, don't be anxious about tomorrow? Tomorrow is not going to you. That's James. What else? Don't worry about itself. I think that's James as well. Possibly not. It's like, look, look at the flowers of the field. Look at the birds of the air. They don't worry. And they have what they need. And flowers of the field are beautiful. They have these amazing, beautiful colors and these petals that, that you just that make you like, that's a, really, that's a really pretty field or a pretty flower. Um, the birds of the air gather. I usually gather in my backyard, it seems like, unfortunately, and poop everywhere. But they don't, they don't worry, all right? They just chirp away. Um, I want to encourage you guys, watch, watch a bird. You never like, really, really like watched a bird, even like the smallest of birds in your backyard, possibly. Just watch it for like five minutes. And watch what it does, how it gathers, how it moves, how it feeds its family. Buy a birdhouse. It's really fun to have a birdhouse and just watch how, this, how birds like, take care of each other. It's really, really, really neat um, and humbling. I think even more so me. Even more so does God feed and care for and comfort and nurture, protect me, gather me in. Um, what's the opposite of meekness? What's the, what's the world's contra? Also, to those who demand, who seek, who gather power, prestige, fame, likes, love, right? Blessed are those because the more you have, the more you ought, the more you have, less somebody else has. All right. Blessed are those who demand, who hoard, who gather, who take from other people for themselves. See, meekness is giving it away; demanding is taking it. Right? Meekness says, "Here, here's all I have," and the man says, "I'll take all you have." All right. What's the, what's, the, what's the benefit, the fruit of demanding? What do you have? What do you, what do you gain? Really good. Stuff. Big houses, big cars, diamond rings. There's a song in there somewhere. Respect. Respect. So everyone will see how amazing and powerful and smart and good you are. Acceptance. Acceptance. Everyone will love you because you have the really nice house that you invite them to. You won't have to dilly-dally with poor and lame, boring, annoying people. You'll get to avoid all like the sick and weak people of the world, which, gosh, they're so lame, all right? Or you'll look good caring for them. Everyone will think how awesome you are when you care for, care for those who are weak and outcast. Um, question. You guys are high schoolers. What are some ways that you can be meek? What are some ways that you can be meek at home? What boasts or rights can you give up in your house? What boasts, rights, demands can you give up in your house? I don't expect you so much. Like I'm very expectant of things. Like I deserve it. Like what? Like new clothes, or if I want to go get fast food that night, like why do I go to eat dinner at home? Like why can't we go to Zaxby's? Mm-hmm. Like, I should be expectant of stuff. I should be, I guess, more humble
Yeah. Great. Yeah, give up demanding your parents spend money on you. <laughs> all right. They clothe you. You're all right. How about how about at your youth group? What are some ways you can be meek in your youth group? What boasts, demands, rights can you give up? Attention. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah. Don't complain. When you leave youth group, don't say, oh my goodness, the songs were lame, the sermon was lame, the jokes were lame. You know, when you hear, when you hear a sermon, don't go home and go, say, how bad was the sermon? Go home and say, how good was the sermon? What did I learn? Maybe you didn't learn everything, but you learned something. All right? Tell the, tell the praise leader who's only singing hymn, hymns at your church, thank you. All right? Um, tell the old lady who baked the cookies, thank you. Or plays guitar, or not guitar, piano, thank you. That'd be kind of funny. <laughs> All right, let's tie it. We're done. We're almost done. Tie us together. Tie them together very briefly. Where are we at? We've got uh, a bad eraser. We've got blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are mourn. And blessed are those who are meek. Alright, I love to find commonalities and things, a silver lining. What's what's tie these together for me? What's what's Jesus saying so far? What do we see Jesus valuing in his kingdom? O C D. So if you ask a lot of people what do you are the least valuable in our society, those two things are definitely yeah. It'd be hard to do next time you see someone that you kind of label that. I mean, that guy's valuable in the kingdom of God. Super valuable. We don't like the poor. We want everyone to be happy and tell us that they're fine. Yep. We love talking. I can never spell this word, but I think I'm, I might get it. Acknowledge. Acknowledge who? Acknowledge Jesus. Acknowledge sin. And acknowledge others. Love God and love your neighbor. Alright? I think that's a commonality we see so far. Spend your day acknowledging Jesus, acknowledging your sin, and acknowledging others. That will make you happy in the kingdom of God. Blessed, fruitful in the kingdom of God. Alright? Satisfied in the kingdom of God. That's not easy. That's awkward. That's sacrificial. And you'll appreciate it as you do it. Okay, let me pray for us. We'll be done. If questions, please come ask. God, thanks for today. Thank you for all these, these guys and gals and their, their answers, their thoughts, their, their engagement, their eyes. Um, laughing at my bad jokes. Um, God, thank you that you sent your son to die for us. Thank you that you put your spirit inside of us to lead us to repentance, to teach us all truth. Thank you that that you have personally saved us in Christ. Help us to believe in you, trust in you, follow you. Thank you, Lord, that you acknowledge us in your kingdom. You acknowledge us. You value us. You provide for us. 
Pray for a great day. Pray for these guys. Have a great second elective. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.